Turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 1 this morning. Let me show you something to go along with this testimony this morning. To go along with each one of your all's testimonies this morning. Let me show you what the Lord can do. I'm about to have a fit. <laughs> Mark chapter 1, and we're going to break in about the 40th verse. When you find your place, let's reverence the Lord and stand this morning. And the Bible says, There came a leopard to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto them, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion. Ain't you glad the Lord can be moved with compassion upon his people? Put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will, <laughs> I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him forwith, sent him away, and said unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for a cleansing those things which were Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Brother Steve, would you ask the blessing on the message, please? <coughs> yes, Lord. Lord, help us today. Amen. You can be seated. Can I say to you today, we all have handicaps. Handicaps that hinder us physically and handicaps that hinder us spiritually. Each and every single one of us have these. The handicaps that are in our life, they can hinder the will of God in our lives. And you may say, what in the world are you talking about? I hope today I can help you understand what your handicaps are. That's why the Lord been dealing with me this week and talking to me about this message and wanting me to bring it and hearing these testimonies this morning. I'm reminded about our handicaps. But I want to ask you a question in the form of my title today. Are you handicap accessible this morning? Have you loved your handicap so much that you've hindered the accessibility of God in your life. We have loved our handicaps and, and what goes on in our life that it's hindered what God wants to do 
in our lives. You may say, well, I don't like my handicaps. I want them out of my life. A lot of times that's true, but most of the time it's not because people hold on to their handicaps, things that will keep them away from God, keep them away from His will in their life. And I'm telling you this morning, we must realize the handicaps that we have. We can see here in this chapter that the leopard, when a man gets leprosy, he's put out. He's driving, driven away from his family. He's driven away from everything he's known. And he's got to go and separate himself from everything. And when people see him, he's got to holler out, unclean, unclean, so nobody comes near him. This day of time, folks that's got leprosy of sin, they're proud of that, and they'll join themselves with people, and they want their sin, their leprosy, to rub off on other people. And the next thing you know, the leprosy spread this way, and it spread that way. I'm going to use leprosy in a way of sin this morning. We love the sin in our life. We love it when our clothes get dirty. We love it when our mouths get dirty. We love it when our lives get dirty, and we love it when it messes up everything around us. Then we're happy the devil says now don't that feel good ain't you happy now you're not under that bound anymore of God you're not listening to him go ahead and do it your way do what you want to do you all better amen me this morning because it's coming straight off the press this morning I'm telling you this morning that we need to honor him with our handicaps we are handicapped this morning We've been drawn away of the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. We've been drawn away of our own accord. If we're in these kind of messes, it's because we've enjoyed these kind of messes. And God's telling me this morning, we need to come out from among that. We need to be a different people. We need to be set apart, amen. We need to live a life when people see us. They don't see the leprosy, amen, because the blood of Jesus Christ has covered it all, amen. Guess what I don't do anymore? I don't wear the same garments I used to wear before I come to know the Lord. I shed off the old coat, and I put on the new, amen. Thank God for the new coat that he's put up on me. I don't want to wear the old rags I used to wear, but I like the new ones that the Lord gave me. I'm glad I've been down to the banquet house, had my robes washed in the blood of the lamb. When I got it washed, he said, I'll tell you what else I got. I got a brand new wardrobe for you. Let me take you over here and open up the closet. You pick out anything you want. It's brand new and it'll fit you just right. I've got your perfect size. I've got your color. i got one to make you look good. If you'll listen to me, if you'll read my word, if you'll follow after me, let go of the handicaps and follow me. I'll bless your life. But a lot of times we go right back to the old closet. Because we think about them old garments we used to wear. Boy, that one coat, that one shirt, boy, it fit good. I really liked that thing. And the devil said, hey, I got it over here. Come on back. And we'll tend to go right back to the filth of the world and do the things that's displeasing to God. But I'm going to talk about a man that was <laughs> that got to the place. He got tired, amen, of being covered in leprosy. He got tired of being rejected. He got tired of being alone. He got tired of not seeing his family, not being around his friends, not being able to go to church, not being able to do what God wanted him to do. He found out that Jesus was coming by. And he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to 
going to do. I know I'm unclean. I know I'm unfit. But when I see the master, I'm going to call out to him. They said he can do this thing. He can get rid of this leprosy that's in my life. I'm, I know he probably heard about him coming. And when he saw him coming, he hollered out, Lord, touch me if I will. And Jesus was moved with compassion. Could you imagine that self-righteous crowd around him as Jesus went out to touch that man? Wait a minute, Lord, he's a leopard. Ain't that just like us? Here we are at Vickers Chapel. We got our best suit on. We're all smelled up this morning, smell real good. Come in our fancy clothes and our cars, and, and we got it all made, and we feel real good about ourselves, and we don't want nothing to do with dirty people, uh, rejected people, and they come in. We'll scoot over and let them sit down, put about three people between us and them so we ain't got to get close to them. I'll tell you what we need to do. We need to get out of our pride of life. We need to put our nose down, sit our nose sticking up, we need to get close to the lost people and tell them that Jesus loves them, amen. That's what we need to do. What do he say over in Luke 14, 23? Go ye into all the world. Go ye into all the world. He told us to go there in the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that what? His house may be filled. We need to reach the lost for people. We need to tell them that Jesus loves them. I don't care who they are. I don't care what they profess to be. I don't care what they dress like. We need to welcome them to the house of God. Amen. I'll tell you one thing this morning. Uh, we ain't got a dress code here at this church. We will want to love the Lord. We want to love people. Oh, you got a pair of blue jeans and T-shirts? I'm telling you this morning, come on to the house of God. You ain't got good shoes to wear. Oh, you got your work clothes to wear? Bring it on, amen. Come to the house of the Lord. I don't care what you was doing last week. I don't care what you was doing the week before. I don't care what you was doing last night. Come to the house of the Lord. I'm telling you, times are running out. People are going to hell every day and we must tell them that there's a loving God that loves them, amen. Why? Because Jesus is moved with compassion. He loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. I'm the same way. We love the sinner, but we hate the sin. I seem like all I've got on my phone and tablet this week. I do a lot of research, biblical research, and you can be doing research, and these videos will pop up, and these transgender uh, videos started popping up this week. These young people don't know what to identify as, and people arguing back and forth, and people saying, I don't want to hear the word of God. You take your God. I want the world. Don't tell me what the Bible says. I'll do it my way. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season, but I'm going to tell you, we're going to stand before a holy God one day and he will not be confused when he looks at you. He'll know exactly what you are, who you are, amen, and he'll judge you accordingly. He loves the transgenders. He loves the lesbians. He loves the homosexuals. He loves the ones of ill repute. He loves them all. It's not his will that any of them should perish, but all should come under repentance. He even loves these high-nosed, polluting people that think there's something, amen. He loves them too, amen. He gave the best that heaven had for every one of them. I may get to this message, and I may not. I'm telling you this morning, he was moved with compassion. 
And we as people of God need to be moved with compassion for the lost. Can I just step off of this just for a few minutes? About Tuesday night, the Lord woke me up about 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to give you exactly what he gave me. And I began to go into a vision and a dream. And it was so real I could smell it. And I began to walk up a dark holler in a dark valley. It was dark this way and dark that way. And it was right at dusk and everything was dark. It was like a coal mining camp over where my uh, mother and father-in-law lives. When it rains over there, the sludge on the road is so thick it's about two or three inches deep. Black sludge. And you run your vehicle through it. And, and it reminds me of being it's there in the coal fields and, and it's dirty and nasty when it rains. And, and But in this dream, that's sort of how it was. I was in this valley and in this sludge and everything and there was a concrete wall there and people were standing on that concrete wall where the sludge was running over the wall. And, they, and there was demons on this wall and there was a big solid concrete block upon this wall and that concrete block had loops in it. And in those loops was chains and the demons were on that wall and they were putting the chains around the ankles of the people that were standing on the wall and when they wasn't expecting it they'd reach up and put a chain around their ankle and one around this way and when they wasn't expected they would shove the block over and the block would drag them over the wall and it was the wall into hell and it would drag them down to hell and I was standing there watching this happen the next thing I know I was standing on the wall and one of them walked up and throwed the chain around my foot and I said Lord what's going on and they shoved the block over the wall and as I went down with the block I went down into this dark pit where people were screaming and hollering but the funny thing was I couldn't hear nothing I could see fire I could see black sludge and people digging and clawing at each other and I was wondering and in the middle of that I was standing and I looked right up and I said, Lord, what am I doing here? He said, how could you preach it if I didn't show it to you? I said, God, get me out of this mess. And immediately I was out of there. I was out of that awful place. And I know God gave me that this week. Maybe for somebody that's watching or somebody's here today. I'm telling you that hell is a real place where real people's going. There's real people crying out right now from hell. saying, let me out of this awful place. But right now, God is moved with compassion, even in your handicaps. My heart's been broke this week thinking about those that are lost. The devil's a slipping you a counterfeit. He's trying to chain your ankles for you, trying to keep you in your mess and keep you in your sin just long enough for Jesus to come. Because you know why? If you don't have the blood of Jesus Christ applied to your life, if you don't have it over your sin, over your heart, the Bible says hell, hell will be your home. A vicar's chapel can do all the praying that they can do for you. 
We could walk from here to Kingsport for you, but you got to come his way. you got to come and get covered by the blood. I can't do it for you. I can't live it for you. Mommy and Daddy can't do it for you, but I know one that can do it for you this morning. You may be handicapped with sin of leprosy in your life, but the Lord is wanting to cover your sin up. Just like my brother here, he'll come up and cover you right up just like that and cover up all the mess that's in your life. And when the devil goes to pointing at you, he'll be pointing at the blood. Amen. Amen. <laughs> There'll be nothing there to find you guilty. It'll be the blood that has covered you this morning. We've got to know that Jesus is coming again. He loves these that are in sin. The transgender and the gays and the lesbians and all these, he loves them all. And we love you this morning. I want you to know we love you. We don't love your sin. We don't love none of that. And it's against God's holy word. When I try to talk to people about the word of God, and they say, I don't want to know nothing about that book. I wanted to talk about something else. This is the only thing to talk about. Besides this, there's none other. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father except through and by me. You know what the Bible is? It's Jesus Christ in the form of a book. That's what it is. Nothing more, nothing less. You want to know about the Lord? Get in the book. You want to get the handicaps out of your life? Get in the book. You follow what thus saith the word of God, and he'll bless your life. Amen. And I know God gave me that dream and that vision this week to tell you we need to be right with God. There's coming a day when it's going to matter. There's coming a time it's going to matter. There's going to come a time that you're going to stand before a holy God and give an account for yourself and not another. You'll never be able to answer for mommy or daddy or brothers or sisters. Nobody but you is who you'll answer for. For the last two months, God has really been here at the church. Man, we've had one barn burner right after the other. People shouting, praising God, baptizing people. People joining the church. And that's wonderful. Amen. But I'd rather see you fall in love with Jesus and get right with Jesus. Amen. Get your sins under the blood is what's going to matter. You can join Vicar's Chapel week after week after week. But if your name is not on the main roll of God, amen, where one day when he looks down to the book, he said in the books were open and there was another book open and now you're going to be judged out of those books and the things that are written in those books can I hear from you this morning I'm going to tell you what you're going to give an account for yourself and not another not another I'm going to give an account for every message I've ever preached to you and not just to you but anybody else I've ever preached to and Eric, got good news for you preachers too. You're going to stand in the same place. You'll never give an account for any message I've preached, but you'll give an account for everyone you've preached, and it'll be our responsibility. God has warned us and give us the charge over their souls. And this morning when I woke up, I told the Lord, Lord, that's a hard message, and I love my people. And it's hard to tell you these things, but I love you enough to tell you, get right with God or you're going to end up in hell, amen. 
You that are watching by way of Facebook, I'm telling you, you better get out of your sin. You better get the leprosy out of your life. You're going to end up in hell if you don't. Amen. Somebody said, well, I thought you was a grace preacher. I am a grace preacher. I believe once I got saved, God uh, secured me for life, and I'm forever secure in him. Amen. But I don't live like a dog. Amen. I live because I love him. Amen. I don't think we should live like junkyard dogs when we're born again. That's awful weak. I think we ought to live holy before him. We ought to live a life to please him, amen, and not please the world. I believe God speaks to the man of God and shows them what needs to be done. God gave me all kinds of stuff to preach this morning, but when I got up, I said, Lord, whatever you want, I'll preach it. And Tuesday, I was going over my message in my dream. I was going over every point that the Lord had given me and every thought and every scripture he gave me. And I said, Lord, I'll follow every one of them. And then all of a sudden, God began to pull the wheels and begin to show me some things. And all week long, I can't hardly get away from it. I couldn't even eat my meal last night with my precious sweetheart thinking about people dying and going to hell. We sat in the restaurant and wept over people dying and going to hell, talking about people slipping into hell. I'm going to tell you right now, there's somebody Somebody slipping into hell right now. Somebody across this world is drawing their last breath right now, going to hell. Could it be here today? Somebody's hearing the message for the last time, and here in about 30 or 40 minutes, you'll be in hell. Won't it be awful? Won't it be awful? Give me another chance, I'll believe. I'll put all of my handicaps aside. I'll quit being hindered. I'll go to church. I'll love God. Please, God, give me another chance. Your destiny will be sealed forever. Boy, it sounds like a mean God. You know how mean God is? Let me tell you how mean God is. For God's so. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever in the world would believe him should not have to perish but have everlasting life. That's how mean God is. It's pretty mean, ain't it? He gave his son for people like us. Sister Debbie, I've never forgot where I come from. I know you ain't neither. And I'm thankful for every day that God has given me. God used my aunt to help win our family to God. She didn't know what she was doing at the time. She took my daddy a, a cassette tape and said, listen to this. My daddy loved music. It was gospel music, and he fell under conviction listening to gospel songs, listening about the blood of Jesus Christ, leaning on the everlasting arms, how good God is. And my dad fell under conviction because his sister took the time to witness to him, and because of that, he got right with God. His wife got right with God. His children got right with God. And ever since then, we've been winning people to God, and God's got a crown for her for that. Someday when she stands before the Lord, he'll walk up with this big old crown set for a king and say, because 
You was a witness to, to your brother. All of these jewels that's been placed in this crown that makes it look like a, a crown for a king. Those are all the souls that got saved under their ministries and because of their witness and because of what you've done and obeying me and putting your handicap aside and being a witness for me. She could have said, ah, it's my brother. I can't talk to my brother. He won't listen to me. But she said, you know what? He may not listen to me, but he'll listen to this music. Maybe that'll prick his heart. And you know what it done? It pricked his heart. And it went from there to one, to the other, to the other, to the other. That's what a difference you could make. You ain't got to go out and preach a sermon to somebody. Don't go out and tell people, you're lost. Good for nothing, you're lost and going to hell. You need to tell them Jesus loves you. We love you. Won't you come to church? Won't you come hear about a man? <laughs> I can take care of that handicap you got. But Brother Todd, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. It don't matter. Come on anyhow and invite them down and let them come and experience God and experience him in his fullness. He's rich, ain't he, Brother Jason? He's rich in mercy this morning. He's reaching to the guttermost. And he's trying to reach people and, 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 and let them see his love. But he needs people to reach out and help him. Let you be my hands. Let me be your hands. And the Lord's wanting to use you. I asked Brother Bryson, I said, please open up next week. I want you to open up for me. And he, and he wrestled with God, and he gave what God had him to give. It may not meant much to you, but it meant a whole lot to him, amen. He's reaching out. Are you reaching out? Are you going to let your handicap hold you back from what God really wants to do? Women, you can do things for God. God has placed you here for a reason. Our women's ministry is growing, and God is using that ministry, and the devil is fighting that ministry already. But you women keep pulling together. You keep working together. Get these other ladies that are not doing anything. Pull them in with you. Work together. Love one another. You men, let's work together. Let's be hands and feet for the Lord. Let's get on fire for the Lord. Last time, have you told anybody that you love them? Have you told your neighbor that you love them? Have you told your co-worker that God loves them? And have you done anything for God lately? Are you just going to live in your handicap? I just can't do that. That's the preacher's job. That's too churchy for me. I remember that, brother. I ain't never forgot it yet. We need to quit being so churchy and put our handicaps aside and love God. It's time to take the coat off and go to work for the Lord. Amen. It ain't about a stinking tie. It ain't about a suit. It ain't about all this stuff trying to look like something. It's time to put boots on the ground and go to work. Amen. For God. I'm tired of seeing the devil rob people about time you start getting close to God he'll shove you the other way and we'll say okay I'm going this way instead of saying no devil I'm not doing that I'm taking my place back you need to take back what the devil has stole from you 
that leper would have never got better had he not took a step of faith. Jesus, help me. And the Bible says as soon as he saw him, he got down on his knees. Would you touch me, Lord? You know what Jesus said? <laughs> I'd crawl on my knees if that's what it took to get to the Lord. Crawl to Jesus, and he'll use you in a mighty way. I don't care how young you are, how old you are, God can still use you. You're not done yet. You're still breathing, ain't you? And God can use you if you'll step forward. You young people, God can use you if you'll let him. Now, you, you, can, you can keep doing what you're doing and just say, hey, I got a lot of life to live. I want to do my thing first. I'm not going to get into all of that. You know, that's good for the preacher, but I, I know I'm not going to. I'm telling you, you're in the prime of your life right now. God could use you in a mighty way. I'm telling you, you can. I've watched kids get in the pulpit. I watched a young man one time, seven years old, preach better than most preachers I ever heard preach. God used him in a mighty way. I don't know what God's calling you to do. I don't know what he wants you to do, but if you've got a gift that you can use for God, you ought to be using it. That's an awful week this morning. I'm telling you, this is straight off a of press, Brother Bo. I had to live it before you did. And I've been on my face asking God, let me get this mess out of my life. Whatever's holding me back, God, whatever I'm thinking about, what everybody else is thinking about, it's time to put it aside. So, Lord, you know what we're going to do? We're going to look to you. We're going, to, we're going to look to the cross. We're going, to, we're going to put our handicaps aside, and we're going for the go. I want to know this morning, are you ready to go for the go? Are you ready to do something for God? Are you just going to sit in your seat? Are you going to stay where you're at? I know it's comfortable where you're at, but it's going to matter, I promise you. Someday soon we're fixing to stand before God, and what you're doing right now is going to matter when you stand before him. He's going to say, I sent you over here, but you wouldn't do nothing. I said, say something over here, and you didn't say nothing. I wanted you to testify there, but you wouldn't testify. I wanted you to sing over here, and you wouldn't sing. I promise you this morning, if he's wanting you to do something, you won't do it. He'll give it to somebody that will do it. He'll take your handicap and bless somebody else with it. Well, I can't sing, I can't do this, I can't, I can't, I can't. You know what I always heard? I can't never could do nothing. But I go back to the scriptures in Philippians 4.13 where he said, I, I, didn't say Bo, he said I. He said I can do all things through Christ whom what? <laughs> strengtheneth me. I ain't worried about nobody else. It's between me and him anyhow. And guess what? It's between you and him. 